0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, July the 26th, and... Just like this Phillies team, it seems, all season long, just when they're down, they come back up. What a win last night. Shout out to Bryson Stott, his second massive home run of the season. Uh, sixth of the season, my man, had big hit after big hit last night, had a two-run double, hit the three-run homer. It counts for five of the Phillies' six Runs basically won the game for the Phil's last night. Shout out to Bryson. Ranger Suarez looked really good. The defense looked bad. Phillies found a way to win one against the Braves last night, against the tough Braves team, against Max Fried, no less. It's just, um, you know, this Phillies team, it's, it's, uh, what a roller coaster this season has been and, and clearly will continue to be as, um, this team um doesn't seem to uh to uh um you know give us uh the same thing every night or every week or whatever, obviously is yet again, you know, we had the four game losing streak, then they win three in Miami, then they lose the three to the Cubs, and then they beat the Braves last night. It's just None of it makes a whole hell of a lot of sense, but I'll I'll take last night as it was a massive, massive win. You could say one of the biggest wins of the season, considering where the team was losing the street, three straight out of the All uh, Star break to the Cubs, feeling really down in the moment. I know as a fan base we were, I have to assume that in that clubhouse they were after that Cubs series, the whole Castellanos uh, Salisbury tete a tete, the whole thing there that, you know, obviously has added some bad vibes to the team this weekend. Just such an Im- imperative game to win last night against the best team in baseball over the last two months, the division rival, the World Series champion, all that stuff. Just such a big win. And now they need to win one of the next two. got to take this series now and after winning the first. But just taking that game last night against Max Fried in a spot where, you know, it did feel like, again, as we've felt with this team as a as a possibility many a times that it did feel like it was gonna fall apart you know it's like oh no this is it this is it this is the time where you know they just can't put it back together and and it all kind of unravels and and bryson saw hits a big home run and it was a back and forth game they go down three nothing in the first thanks to straight up errors right and left excuse me the second not the first uh three nothing in the second as um uh, just Reese Hoskins with a disastrous defensive inning for him. They called it an error on Camargo that scored two runs, but it was absolutely on Reese Hoskins. Camargo threw it, and Hoskins—it was the when well, first of all runners get on because of Hoskins bad fielding. Um, and you know, I—I I, I don't know what he was doing. Like Hoskins was angled the wrong way. It was almost like expecting Camargo to throw it into the base path of the runner down first. It was a really strange you know, footwork job by Hoskins and clearly the wrong job by him and the ball sails by him, two runs score, then they get another on a wild pitch. And uh, it was 3 nothing early and, you know, you're starting to get nervous quickly. But then right in the bottom of the second, Bryson Stott and, uh, you know, look, things bounce the Braves way, things bounce right back the Phillies way as hits a little, like, nibbler pop-up type thing to first and I don't know if it hit a pebble, I don't know if it was just a golf shot with a baseball bat, but that ball hit the ground and spun 180 degrees and went right down (laughs) foul territory in first base. It was a RBI double. Um, One of the strangest RBI doubles you will ever see in your life. If you did not watch a game last night, go find the highlight. I'm telling you, legitimately one of the strangest doubles you'll ever see in your life is the ball. Right in front of the first baseman, kind of a little you know, spinny pop up, you know, short pop, you know, like bloop, whatever you want to call it, to first base and it lands like you know, right in front of the first baseman and it just spins right out of out into foul territory. It was wild. Wild to watch. We'll take it. As it was three two, then the Phillies keep battling, they get another run the next inning. JT Romuto comes through with a big hit. Shocking, I know. And the Phillies are cruising along. Ranger, you know, really nice outing from Ranger, you know, after that that tough second inning settled in, gives up no earned runs, those three runs, but five innings, four hits, four strikeouts, one walk. He looked good. Only 78 pitches, but he looked good. Connor Brogdon gives up a run in the six, which made it 4-3, which was a very frustrating one, too, as, um, you know, a little infield single scores a run uh, I, uh, uh, another instance of bad defense, bad pitching. Uh, uh, runner gets to move 90 feet, a free 90 feet, and you know it was really just defense all game. You know defense and miscues that cost the Phillies. Otherwise, they they would have dominated this baseball game. Luckily, the bullpen shuts it down from there. Alvarado clean inning, a scary clean inning, but gets through it. Belotti, a nice inning, gets through it, and then Sir Anthony. After we get to the 8th inning, the Phillies down 4-3. Bryson Stott steps to the plate. Two on, two out. Off A.J. Minter, no less. One of the best lefty specialists. Just lefty pitchers. Relief pitchers in the game. Certainly versus lefties. An absolute Had Not giving up a home run to a lefty since 2019. And what does Bryson Stott do? Boom! It was awesome. Just cranks it to right field six four sir Anthony comes in and shuts it down after that and again just a a massive massive win for this Phillies team really honestly again you know among the biggest wins of the season if not the biggest win of the season considering the spot this team was in after the last few games considering if the Braves come into town considering just getting swept by the Cubs um just a really massive win you know like an unbelievably necessary win and um, 12 hits on the night, which you love to see. Vierling uh, gets a hit. JT gets it. It's funny because the, the, one of the few games they win where everyone gets a hit except Hoskins and, and Schwerber. The two of them go combined 0 for 8. You get a hit and a run from Veerling, an RBI hit from JT, a 2 for 4 from Castellanos. Now, granted, you know, a little blue pit to right and then a, a, a single down the first baseline, but we'll take it. Uh... Jairo Munoz gets two hits and scores a run. Obviously Stodd at two for four and five RBI in the night. And then and then the Phillies best hitter right now, Alec Boehm. I mean, flat out. Dude was three for four again. Second night in a row. Scores two runs. Don't look now. Alec Bohm is batting 287. Hello. Hello, Alec. How are you, sir? 287. You go through the lineup, the Phillies lineup. This is down the line. Okay, from Veerling to Camargo, and you will notice Alec Boehm's two eighty-seven stand out in this lineup. Veerling two thirty-one, Schwerber two hundred two, Hoskins two forty-one, JT two fifty-three, Castiano's two forty-eight, Alec Boehm two eighty-seven, Gyro two thirty-four, Stott one ninety-six, Camargo two forty-two. So two eighty-seven, the next best average. And again, this is batting average, not you know the the bl and all stats, but still. Um, 287, then 253 is 34 points, an average higher than anyone in the lineup currently. Um, Alec Bum's been awesome. That dude has really figured it out. I know in the Cubs series and extras, he had that horrible defensive inning, you know. And look, he's not a good third baseman. He's gotten better over the course of the season. We had obviously the I bleeping hate this place moment, which really was a turning point for him in a positive way. But had that has been. Solid more than not at third, but he's not a good third baseman. He's going to have those nights where he has those miscues. But, man, for a team that has lacked consistent hitting, and look, we know Alec Boehm needs to pull the ball more. He needs to lift the ball more. He needs to hit some more home runs, hit for a little more power. But just in terms of stepping to the plate and getting on base and getting hits for you every night, no one's doing it better right now in the Phillies lineup than Alec Boehm. Nobody. He's been the best hitter in the line. Now again, you know, Shorter's thirty home runs. How do you gauge at two eighty seven versus thirty home runs? You're gonna take thirty home runs. He's a, a better overall hitter, obviously, but but just in terms of of I need a hit, I need, and obviously Bryce Harper is the answer if he's not hurt. But in terms of I need a hit right now, and the season's on the line. I need to go up, and I just need a single, or I need to get on base, or whatever. Alec Boehm's the guy I'm putting at the plate. Which is insanity. But that's the guy I want up to get me a hit if I need it. And that that is that is wild. And and, and yet again, that inning in the eighth, Alec Bohm gets on base. Not only has he been a good hitter, it feels like and this is anecdotal, I don't have the stats to back this up, but it feels like he gets hits in big spots too. It feels like we've talked about this before, but it feels like every, you know, walk off or big ninth inning hits they've had was was preceded by an Alec Bohm hit. <laughs> It feels like every single one. It feels like every single time this guy gets on base, leading to a big hit in late innings. So a little love for Alec Boehm. I don't think we've given him quite enough lately for how good he's been for this team and how important he's been as such a a consistent hitter on a team that has sorely lacked such things. Not much from the consistent hitting department. We'll get into the trade deadline stuff in a bit because Dombrowski did talk about it yesterday, and that was some fascinating, some important stuff as a, a window into where this team thinks they're at and um, also, you know, what they might do come the, uh, the deadline coming up. But again, just to um, reiterate, I, I, can't, I can't express how important last night was, for me at least, as a fan, and I'm sure for the team themselves. With the Braves in town, knowing you're going up against their best pitcher, Max Fried is, is a stud, and you find a way to pull one out at home. You know, you, you, it felt, it really did feel like one of those games that, you know, I was all ready at the end of the night to go, just a tough loss, you know, they fought, they were in it, it wasn't like the Cubs series where you were just embarrassed, and it, and it's funny because, you know, it was early on, right, they gave up the the three first runs because of, of defense and really helped contribute to the fourth run, right? like all the runs that played a role, right, so you can't say they played good baseball certainly defensively. But it did feel like a game where they battled, you know, and it was 3-3 and then it was 4-3 in such a disappointing way and they, you know, kept kind of pushing and, um, you know, it just felt like they were going to come up short. It, In all honesty, I was like, I expected at the end of the game, at the end of the night, to look up and say, you gave it a run, guys, but you came up short. And thanks to Bryson Stott, they didn't. And again, like, look, Bryson Stott's batting 196. I get it. I think he's going to be a good player. You know, I've I've really turned that corner, and I, I I was excited about him coming up. Obviously, all the stuff, but it, but in terms of watching him as a major league hitter, obviously it has been, um, less than, um, uh, you know, it, less than. Uh, it's something that has not really um fostered a belief in his future as a baseball player. Let's put it that way. But you know, the last month or so, I mean, the dude has quality at bats. He goes up there and he, he battles, and you know, he had a couple last night, and you know, prior to the home run, the at bat before a three zero count, battled, um, got called out on a pitch that was definitely a ball. It was below his knees, but you, know, you got to swing at that pitch. I, I felt in the moment that I, I liked the at bat. I liked the. The thought, but but you know, three two against Max Fried in that spot. They're gonna call the strike. You know, it was a ball, but it was right there at the knee, just below, and you gotta swing that you gotta foul it off, you gotta do what you can. A little disappointed in that at bat in that moment, but I, I understood it and you know, he's upset, he flipped his bat, he was like, you know. But then the next time around comes back against an even tougher lefty for him. And battles. Battles and then cranks one out in the right. What a moment, what a night. Stotts had some big hits already for this team. And by the way, has played stellar defense. I mean, what a second baseman he's been, and whenever he's a short, just gobbling things up. What a what a sight to see that is, someone just making plays defensively. Nice thought. Um, shout out to Bryson Stott. I've been really impressed with what that kid's done over the last month plus or so. And and look, who knows if we see it, if you know, guys don't get hurt, Gene Segura, the Maton, this, that, all these guys just, you know, Camargo being out for a while has really given Scott a chance to settle in and to become a better baseball player and become someone you can count on. And, you know, that is is uh, <laughs> maybe a lesson, right, to remember. And Joe Girardi, you paying attention? Um, you know, give kids a chance. Certainly the, the high-profile kids that you believe in as an organization, you know, they need an opportunity. You know, No one's just going to come up to the major, rephrase, most people are not just going to come up to the majors and just get it, and just hit, and just rake. Like, that's not, that's not how it works, usually. Um, and so obviously that's not how it worked for him. But so far, um, you know, the last month or so, I've been I've been incredibly impressed with this kid. And again, last night a, a perfect example of just a a massive moment and a massive hit for a kid against again AJ Minter. Like we can't underrate a left-handed rookie hitting a you know not quite walk off but essentially a walk off a, a game-winning home run against AJ Minter. AJ Minter, dude's nasty, dude's impossible for left-handers. Again, 2019, the last homer hit off him. So, shout out to Stadi, man. That was, um, that was a really cool night, a really cool moment. Again, I, I think one of the biggest wins of the season. Just an incredibly imperative win. Now, obviously, you need Nola tonight. <laughs> Nola on the hill. Spencer Strider's talented, but he ain't Aaron Nola. Like, let's go. All right, uh, we'll get to to looking at to tonight in mean, a minute. A couple quick things. One, Gene Segura starting a rehab assignment. Like, Unbelievable. Uh, shout out to Segura. This guy is healing in a, in a great way. It looks like he could be back early August, which is unbelievable. What a boost for this team! That would be. It'd be very interesting to see how they, you know, shake things out after that in terms of who plays where and all that. You know, Stott has been so good at second base, but um, I think that the smartest lineup, in all honesty, is is Segura at second, Stott at short, and and Bowman at third, and and just sit Didi. I mean, Didi is borderline useless. Um he's been solid defensively, funny enough, but but offensively obviously, you know, no power, no pop, just nothing. You know, every time he hits it, it's like a lazy fly ball, it feels like. So um we'll see. We'll see. But it's gonna be interesting when he comes back and that's great news. Harper, less great news is Harper um talked about the uh thumb yesterday, they wanted to take the pins out, still unable, has not gotten quite to where they needed to. They're gonna reevaluate next week. Harper said, Can't use his thumb right now. Bit of a problem for a hitter and baseball player. Um, so we'll see, you know, said he wants to get back to, to DHing hopefully in September and potentially play the field again, which I was like, bro, you know, relax. I mean, think about the field, just swing a bat, all right? But you know, it's Bryce Harper, so we'll see. But um Harper, um, you know, we'll see. Hoping you can get him back early September, get these pins out, see where he's at. Um, all right, the trade deadline stuff because um, Dombrowski also uh, spoke to the media yesterday and had some really interesting things to say to Scott Lauber, uh, had a really good piece on the inquiry about it, and then just to the other reporters. Um, I think the big key takeaway from what Dombrowski had to say was that he's not going to mortgage the future for a year. You know, as an organization, he believes that they are not there. You know, they are not at that level where they are ready to give up one of their top, top, top guys to go out and get a a rental type of thing which by the way i've said the whole time like (laughs) you know that's where i'm at i'm not giving him anyone who's not here i'm not giving him anyone a value for someone who's not here past next year or excuse me past this year like i need him at least next year and preferably longer but that's what i've been saying too so i'm fine with the way he's saying it um here's some quick phrasing from it Nebraska said every position there's a premium guys out there and then there's other guys that could be helpful while the premium guys are probably going to cost your top prospects i don't think as an organization we're in that position right now i just don't think we're there now i did go on to specify i don't think we're there for a rental essentially and that is a very different thing than you know i don't think we're there and then saying oh i'm going to trade for someone who's got a couple years on the contract right i still think that's on the table look dave dombrowski told us earlier this season That he does not even evaluate managers in season. That he doesn't even think about it. And then two weeks later, Joe Girardi was fired. Might have even been a week and a half later, Joe Girardi was fired. So, and as we've had so many reminders in all these sports so many times. I mean, Steve Nash, uh, James Harden's not getting traded the day before he gets traded. I mean, like, we see this stuff all the time. From these guys. Nonstop. I I, you know, don't believe it if they say it. Just because Dave Domrowski said that, it means absolutely nothing in what they will do. What I hope is that they will not give up a major prospect for a rental. I agree with that. I've said that the whole time. What I also hope is that if there is a good deal out there for someone who can help you pass this year, that they would consider doing it. That's that's what I think needs to happen. And regardless, they need to make moves, they need to help this team. He did give a little clue into the, you know, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, biggest need. And, uh, you know, I've kind of stood firmly with starting pitcher for for most of the time and lately kind of wavered a little and saying, you know, maybe they do need a bat a little bit more with the struggles they've had offensively. I, I, I think they need both. Those are, you know, side-by-side top options, so to speak. But um, it was interesting that Dombrowski did kind of clue in that they, it seems from an organizational perspective are certainly in on the starting pitcher uh, market talking about Zach Eflin said, I'd love for him to come back, but I don't know when. So I don't think from my perspective that I can just say, we're going to wait for that to happen. I don't think we could just sit here and wait to see what takes place. So that is an interesting point in that, you know, if they can't count on Eflin to be back, I mean, you have to trade for a starting pitcher. I mean, you kind of just have to, what are you going to do the rest of the year with the Bailey falter thing? I mean, not good enough. So, you know, even if it's a lower tier starting pitcher, which I think is a more likely thing if we're talking about a Jose Quintana type of pitcher, the Pirates, of course, had some really good years with the White Sox back in the days, had a nice major league career, but is certainly on the back end of it from a production standpoint, not the pitcher he used to be or has been in, in the past. Martin Perez is a name that's out there. Now he's had a very good season up until the last month or so, was an all-star for the Rangers. Probably cost more than Quintana. Um so I don't know what the the market will be on that now. If you're talking about the top top dudes, you know Luis Castillo, he's going to cost you something. He's going to cost you something serious. Frankie Montas, he's going to cost you something. But these are also guys who you should have under control for multiple years. Um, at least Montas. So, um, you know, it is a it is a precarious spot in that in that they are kind of a uh, a balanced uh, a team that's balancing both uh, we're, on the cusp of being a playoff team, we're rebuilding the way we do things in the minor leagues, the draft and development thing for the first time in as long as any of us can remember. They have four top 100 prospects, at least according to MLB, with McGarry making it in the list, and then obviously Ohapi and Abel and, and Painter at 38. I mean, you know, it's been a long time since Phillies had dudes who you know you could excite excited about. And Johan Roas is there, and there are a couple other guys who are attractive players in potential trades, but also are attractive pieces of the future for the Phillies. So it is a, it is a balancing act. And again, for a team that has, you know, um, not made the playoffs in 11 years that you add that in too. And there's just a lot of factors to this. There's a lot of angles to this. There's a lot to, to weigh. And again, I, am I am really happy to hear that Nebraska is not going to give up a lot for a rental. I, I do think that is a, a super important point. And I, I would not give up a lot for a rental. I just wouldn't, but I hope that in saying that, that, that and again, I I don't think anything Dabrowski said is is you know law, right? You know we just talked about it. He could say anything and then go do the opposite. That's the way this works, always over and over and over and over and over again. These guys aren't tipping their hands to us. They're not telling us the truth. They don't feel like they have to tell us the truth. And guess what? As a fan, I don't I don't care. I want you to maintain a competitive advantage. If you saying to the media, "Hey, listen, we're not going to go all in." Gets you a better deal for Mick Abel, and you can actually get it. someone who's going to be here for three years, and it's a whole thing. You know, You're great, good job, Dave. Do it, play the game. So, like, I don't, I don't take what he says as fact. I think you can read clues into things. I think that Zach Eflin point was incredibly, um, an uh, uh, an an. Intro into what he's thinking, I think you can look at that as a real intuitive type of thing to intuit what they're thinking, that you a comment like that about Eflin really makes you think they're going to add a starting pitcher, because they know they can't go with Bailey Folter. And if he's talking about Eflin and worried he might not be back this season, or you can't count on him being back this season, I mean that leads me to believe they're going to trade for a starting pitcher of some kind or another. Probably not something where they give up big-time prospects, but someone who can come in and, and give you innings, give you an opportunity. Now, it's not the guy we talked about, the idea of trading for a Montas or a Castillo, where then you get to the playoffs and you got Wheeler Nola Montas, or Wheeler Nola Castillo and it's like oh well we can, we can actually win now you know it's not that but it's a guy who can help me get to the playoffs and I think that's kind of where this club's at right now I think, it's, I think it's make the playoffs first and then we'll worry about going on a run once we get there you know or, or down the road going on a run the next time we make the playoffs um, I don't think they're, they're all in per se but, and again and I understand I don't necessarily think they have to be all in but I definitely think they need to commit to this team uh, they're half game out of the playoffs. Cardinals didn't play last night, so they had a, a half game. Now they've got one game in hand. Cardinals have one more win than the Phillies, same amount of losses. So um, they're, they're super in it. Two more against the Braves than the Pirates. Four against the Pirates, two against the Braves, then four against Washington, three against Miami. Then you have a 7 out of 10 against the Mets, but the, you also have the other – it's 7 out of 14 against the Mets, the other 7 against the Reds. Then you get the Pirates, you get the back. So there's, there's a lot of winnable games, and, you know, obviously the Cubs series makes you – Worry that they won't win the ones they're supposed to, um, but um, you know it, it all starts with this series. Beat the Braves, win this series, win tonight, and you got a chance for a sweep, and you win the series. And you have Nola going up against Strider tonight, so you have the advantage. Strider can be nasty, and he can he could show up, but um, you know Nola, big spot here against the Braves. Not always a recipe for success, but the Phillies need him tonight. If the Phillies can get a win tonight and kind of get back rolling a little bit here and start to feel good about themselves, as we. Creep towards the deadline, August 2nd. We're getting close. You know, maybe that that spurs Dombrowski a little bit more, too. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. Obviously, we'll continue to talk about the deadline The needs a lot more over the next few days as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Again, this big series against the Atlanta Braves. So it should be a fun one. So um, whatever happens tonight, need Nola. We'll be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network.